Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215. All around the globe in every area code. Online, on air, whatever the mode. Days and nights, live or recorded. Listeners rewarded with the rawness. Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan. Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand. Peace to every geek we stand for. From Kronos to the bottom city of Candor. We about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Cats and kittens, children of all ages. Welcome to another brand spanking new edition of your Black my name is len aka the bad trouble and as always, we are joined by this guy. Oh, what a do, y'all. It's your mama's favorite nephew, cousin Bustles. For the young bucks, the Uncle Buff, warm and cuddly, the big body broku right now. Super Saiyan Shoku in the building. Much love. We also have this lady. Hey, it's me, your favorite good ghoul gone bad, your spooky girl and final girl, gave the horror triple. And... Back for the first time in a long time, ladies and gentlemen, feast your eyes on him. And he's got to unmute himself. Super mute. We can't hear him. Thumbs up. Turn my headphones up. Unmute. Unmute. It's it's the man that's talking to the Lord. He can't figure out the tech. Click it. Can you back up, please? You all in my way. While he figures out the text, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go over to this guy. You already know who it is and what I do. It's the man in the middle. The legend, Master Triple, E-Man in the building, sitting here with the baby Jedi Triple, invading my privacy, keeping no distance, and being anti-social, unprincipled, trying to go over my whole air Such people. <laughs> Something, something, something. So sweet. That's so sweet. Let's see if uh let's see if uh this guy has figured things out on his end. Nope. No, 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 <laughs> still hasn't figured it out. So still there a second ago. He's unmuted, unmuted him. And we're not hearing him. I don't understand. I don't understand. All right, we'll come back to him. We have a very special guest in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There you go. There it was go. working a second ago. There we go. 
so profound, even what no sound. We about to throw down the way it goes down. I'm sick with the Rona, but don't nobody worry. I throw you a Hail Mary like my name was Kyla Murray. Your man, our son, the voice of reason, a.k.a. the Super Triple, a.k.a. Dr. No Sound, mute man in the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. What's up, brother? What's up? Welcome to the show. Glad to hear oh, you. Oh, I love And we are off and running, ladies and gentlemen. It is just going to be a fun show tonight as we are going to be spending the whole evening streaming live on YouTube, streaming live on Facebook demystifying diversity and we're going to be doing it with our very special guest there she is all the way looking like she just stepped out of happy days it is Darylise Lyons Darylise how you doing wow it's so great to be here I don't feel like I follow up that freestyle uh, that <laughs> mute to freestyle back to mute to freestyle but uh it is so so great to be here thanks for having me Oh, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and this is going to. We, this promises to be a fun show. <laughs> it's already worth the money, right now. <laughs> it has already started off. Um, shout out to each and every one of you out there watching us on Facebook and YouTube. Action figure expert, I see you as always in the building. How are you doing, my young man? And Walt Thompson, what's up? What's up? How you doing? Thank you for taking the night to sit in with your troubles. We promise to have a really great, great show to each and every one of you out there. Yo, great root beer. Ooh, you know, it's been a long time since I had some great root beer. That definitely um, is bear. It's bear. Yeah. Great root bear. Oh, so I haven't had a great root bear either. Um, it's <laughs> 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 been a long time. Rare form tonight. It's, 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 been, it's been a long time. That's the triple NX right there. Yes, yeah, I know sir. that. You know him. You know him. All right. So we're going to have a fun show. But before we get into that, I just want to catch catch up with you, Tribbles, and find out what's been going on with each and every one of you. Let's start with uh, the Super Tribble, because we literally haven't heard from you in quite a, a long time. How things been going, Ryan? It is what it is, man. You know, hold it down. Um, there's a commercial out that Gangster Grass did um, that was on NFL Network the other day. So that's really, cool. that's yeah. so awesome. Um, the really funny part is, it's a commercial for like a this, uh, rye whiskey called Sagamore Spirit, and uh, Dolio couldn't do it, so I was the only one on it. So I'm the only. It's, we did our song Barn Burning, and there's a I do this uh, this bit for them where I say get a sip of the rye. So the guy that's you know telling everybody to go drink their stuff doesn't drink. The super trouble does not drink or smoke anything of except French fries. That's pretty much yeah. what he. Is this the anti-mercial? Like you did the commercial, and now this is where you come on and tell everyone that you weren't. No, really everybody knows that. No, like the whole anybody that knows anything about me knows that I don't smoke or drink. But the whole rest of the band was like, "Oh, we'll take yours." So it was cool. Yeah. Um. But no, so, man, do, so y'all, 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 you said y'all did the commercial. So are y'all just in the commercial, or y'all actually like? Is it your music that's it's in the our commercial? song? Our, our song "Barn Burning" is is like their the song for their commercial. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, another version of it. Um, yeah, young lady 
uh, named Sarah Larson, who's an amazing fiddle player and singer. She sang, uh, sang it for us this time. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was real cool. They were right down in Baltimore. So we went down there, stayed in this swanky hotel down there, bro. Yo, the hotel had a champagne vending machine, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, huh? like, hold on. Wait, what? A sh- champagne vending Bottle machine? of champagne in the vending machine, bro. It was that swanky. Wow. I was like, all right, y'all too cool for me. I can't. I'm not even ready for how cool y'all are. That's dope. Wow. Wow. Talk about demystifying diversity. They ain't never had that in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, right down, it's in Baltimore, right on the water. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. It was yeah, a good they- time, though. Um, and so, you know, that's out there. And, you know, just chilling. Me and the boy. Like I said, man, me and the boy got the Rona, so we in the house just holding it down. Now I heard I heard you say that. So so you know, let us know. So is it actually that you We're both uh, have been you both been tested positive? Yeah. Now is this be, um do you know where you contacted it? From? Yeah, we went to see some family and yeah, I mean, but but we're both good. He's good. You know what I mean? Both chilling. Just we just, just watching football and hanging out and, you know, just trying to make sure I don't get too sick. It's a little warm right now, that kind of thing. But other than that, okay. so, you, so you don't real not really experiencing any like really severe symptoms or anything like that? Nothing yet. Still got taste buds, all that Everything stuff? Crossed. Yeah, man, I'm still busting these chicken nuggets, so yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm chilling. I can still eat. So, yeah, that's really Nuggets, man. Yeah, no, we're, we're both good, though. We'll be all right. We've been here holding it down. How about uh, the rest of your family or the the, fa- the family member or whomever that who, who also uh, no, everybody, had it. Everybody's, uh, you know, processing through it and um, we're just you know everybody's getting getting better. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Well, we're glad you're able to be with us uh, virtually, man. And in the chat, um, put in the the link in the name of the uh, what the commercial is for. I'm going to see if I can't find the video. Maybe we'll play it a little bit later here uh, on the show. All right. No doubt. All right, uh, we'll so find it. We'll see. We'll see what we can do with that. Speaking of that, you know, with um everything that has been going on as of late, you know, with the, the rise and the, and the spike in the numbers uh, of the people that have been testing positive and everything, they've implemented more restrictions and it looks like they are pretty much um, putting the, the uh, a severe curb on the upcoming holiday Thanksgiving. It, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, if any of how that has impacted any of your plans, uh, triples and even you, uh, Daryl Lee, if if you plan to uh, celebrate the holiday, you know how that's curbed your your situation. Me, I'll I'll go first right up front. You see this room I'm at? This is where I'll be on Thanksgiving. I'll be right in here. Um, I'm gonna maybe get me some turkey wings. Uh, I was actually going to go over to my sister's house, um, but now this a a small group there. And I said, well, you know what? It's going to be your, my sister family and my other sister's family. I'm going to let y'all do your thing. So I'll be fine. I'll be here and just rock out with some turkey burgers and some uh, cheddar barbecue chips. And I'll be, I'll be fine. Um, but I'm wondering how, how has it impacted the, the rest of you troubles? 
Yeah, man. I know uh, for me, like Thanksgiving is the the holiday that my mom, without a doubt, like needs me there. Uh, unfortunately, that is not really the case this year. The most she'll get is like a, a quick like drive by like, hey, what's up? I love you. But like, I got to keep rolling, uh, especially, you know, living with someone who's immunocompromised. Like I can't really run the risk. So the only thing that I'm really able to do this year is you know, quick high and buy um, and just drop off like a few beverages and, and whatnot for them and then just keep it pushing and hopefully get like a plate to go. But yeah, I can't stay. It's got to oh, keep okay. it rolling. Oh, that's a shame, man. That's a shame because yeah. I know your mom misses her big boy. Her big boy. Dog, she does. She upset. She mad and everything. But I'm like, hey. Like, this is first Thanksgiving out the house. Yeah. Like, you dude, ain't coming yeah, home. Man. You forgetting about me. <laughs> Yeah. What I tell you about that, oh, man? I I got so much of the guilt trip already, but it's but it's it's okay though. It's just yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, it's just hey, this absolutely sucks, but it'd be worse if something were to happen to you. So I'm just, I'm just gonna you know mm-hmm. do what I can for now, and then when this all is over, I'll come see you. It'll be cool. That's true, but she's never going to get over that you chose her over her. Over no, no, mom. she she's not. She's not. That's going to be the narrative from now until, until this is over. That's it. I know. Oh, the, right. longer than after this is over. This is just the narrative. This now. is the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> this will be how she's been. She'll be introduced. Yeah. Trust me, though. <laughs> and all and all the and this is the and this is the woman that Isaiah chose. <laughs> My baby, you know, compromised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. that some point her name. Um, yeah. Do I call you Amino or Cat? I don't know exactly what, <laughs> what is your name. Exactly what is it? You're Amino Cat? I don't know. Like Wait, that's it. Know. though. Maybe you that's need some vitamins or something. Take a vitamin <laughs> B and call it a day. Watch. That's what she. That's how she's going to sign her Christmas cards. She's going to say legit. To that's a hundred percent my mother, dealer. North Philly, born and raised. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so fun. laughs> what about what about um you gabe how about your your plans i'm gonna be here um secretly i'm excited because as <laughs> which is interesting because, as because i hate my family so it actually works out <laughs> well i haven't I haven't done Thanksgiving with my family in a very long time because they're too far. So it's usually right, right. They're in but Florida. They're in South Carolina, which oh, is South already Carolina. like I got an earful like a few hours ago from my mom because I'm not going home for Christmas either. So I had the whole like, mm. you can't figure. I was like, no, it's dangerous. And she's like, you can just drive. No. <laughs> you can just drive down. Not have drive. Day. You can just drive down. Christmas later. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? Um, but yeah, so Thanksgiving, I'm going to be, it's just going to be me and Mike here. Um, but I'm excited because as a vegetarian, Thanksgiving is always tough because people mm. always just don't know what to do. And I'm like, you just make sides and like, try not to put bacon in everything. Like, don't put bacon in the green beans. Oh, now I can eat them. Like, stop putting bacon in the mac and cheese like, or put a separate one. So I'm just excited that. I can cook food. I don't have to stress about someone else trying to like compensate for me. And I get to make one of those really cool like um, imitation meat hams things that I'm going to make. It has like a honey glaze. It's like all wrapped up. I'm like so excited. <laughs> I look at it every year with longing. 
long for imitation. He even did right. like, 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 I was waiting. And you're loving. All right. All the things that exist in the cosmos, you longing for imitation ham. Hey, fam, that's all you. I'm so excited. Exactly. And it's not like I'm ever going to make that for anybody else. So I'm just like, this time, no stress. I'm just going to make it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to love it. It's all mine. And I don't have to worry about other people. It's going to be great. No small talk. That's what's up. No small talk. Like, no conversation about what we're eating. Like, oh, how are you eating this stuff? Mm. Yeah, oh my God. Every food holiday is a nightmare. What do you eat? Oh, I just go outside and I just soak up the sun. And then maybe, you know, as a treat, I'll like nibble on some grass. You know, if I was good that week. So that's good for this. Now I'm curious. I, I, I forgive, forgive me. Um, is Mike a vegetarian? No, he is okay. now. Long story short, that's kind of how that works. You There's no more meat in the house. Therefore, if he goes out, he might find a burger. But in the house, yes, he is. Ask you a question again, Darylise, because that's a good. I was gonna say, do you really think imitation ham is gonna convert him to being a vegetarian? Because I don't know about that. Like, (laughs) I will say he does enjoy like Beyond Burgers and like Satan wings and other things that like I'll or like vegan dishes that we make. But no, he just like he still eats meat when he wants to. He just doesn't always want to. (laughs) It's just like okay. So what? So are you planning to make some something for like? Is his going to be like the substitute thing? Here, here's your plate of meat, and then everything is just <laughs> going to be vegetarian oh, for Thanksgiving. Nice. What a, what a nice turn of reality that would be. But no, because uh, <laughs> that would just yeah, it would have to be like a little like I guess if we could find a little bit of turkey because he says that he's not going to eat a whole turkey. <laughs> then well, what you, have that. What you, here's what you do: you make. You make everything for you, and then you make one little Cornish hen, and you just put it on a plate, and there you go. That's it. And it'll be like a whole thing, and it'll yeah. be for him. There you well, go. There's vegetables on here. Is that okay? Are you okay with that? Like, the vegetables touched it. Is that okay? I, I want to just make sure this is, like, that you feel comfortable and that you have something to eat. There's vegetables in everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, like, addicted. Oh. Oh boy, there's real love in that house. What about you? <laughs> what about your plans, buddy? Eric. Oh, me? Yeah, man, look, right? All right. So first they were trying to get me to go down to Aaron's house. Aaron lives in Maryland. Right. So I was like, no, I work Friday. Like I don't have days off. I don't got Black Friday. So I work. So that's already a no. So then they're like, all right, we'll do it at my mom's house, which is like five minutes down the road. I'm like, cool, I can live with that. That's doable. Then I'm talking to my sister. She was like, so it's 16 people coming. What do you want to eat? And I'm like, what? Oh, oh. (laughs) time out. What do you mean 16 people? Like, who did 16 people? Last I heard, right, it was my four, right? My brother has like four total. My mom, my my dad, and my sister will make 11. And my niece was supposed to bring her boyfriend. That was going to be fun. So that's like 12, <laughs> right? So I don't know where 16 came from. But then, you know, they're talking to the new restrictions and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I think we're just going to stay home. So now we're just going to be in the house. Um, Jazz talking about cooking something. I'm thinking about Famous Dave's. I think they're going to be open. So <laughs> there are options. There are options. Good options. There are plan B. Yeah. 
That's I have to threaten somebody for my niece's safety at some other time, you know, in the future, you know, looking forward to it. But, you know, I'm just going to spend that night at home with the kids and we're going to eat, you know, whatever we got. Oh, darn. I don't have to leave my house. Oh. <laughs> right? Darn. Well, I feel you, man. That's really going to come Christmas. Cause, you know, that's the only thing they hate, leaving their toys to go to Mama's house for dinner. Right, and of course right. they get more there, but they don't want to leave nothing to go for the ride and, and all that. So, I don't be like, oh, we here all day, pajamas all day, vet. So, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they set. I feel. See, and that was part of my calculation. It was like, if I'm going to chance it, I would rather chance it for Christmas when I'm going there. It's going to be all the kids, yeah. as opposed to just going and just sitting eating and then watching TV or some, or some junk, you know what I mean? So Lord. that was my... Now, how about you, Daryl? least what are... Uh, how, how do you plan yeah, to spend so the holidays? I have a huge extended family. My mom's one of 10 kids. And so family <laughs> gatherings are either like 100 people or it's just me, my mom, and my sister. So uh, we're just going to skip it. I mean, it's one day of like food. So we'll just talk to each other, maybe Zoom or whatever. I have some invitations, but like the rest, I just, I just don't want to be like... You know, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to get other people sick. I don't want to deal with any of it. I got things to do. I got bills to pay. Like, I, I just I just can't. And I know, I mean, I think it's great that you have COVID and are doing well with it. But most of the people I know who have had it have just been down for the count. And I do. Yeah. Not. I don't do sick well. Like, I'm it's not. It's only been a couple good. days. So who knows? Oh, who I, knows? Hope, I hope. I hope you'll be okay. But yeah. No, now, no, you're. No. Your mom and your sister, are they, because you, you live in Philadelphia with us. I live with in us. Philadelphia, yeah, and they live in Connecticut, and um, and they, and, and my sister is even, she's very, very, like, rigid about the restrictions, so even if mm. I wanted to see her, she'd go, oh, no, <laughs> please don't come, you know, like, and if you come, make sure you're wearing a hazmat suit, like, so there's no. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Uh, she's like my sister. Like my sister, and and my sister. I thought my sister was like mad, like um, like strict, like that too. Yeah. But my brother-in-law is even madder stricken. And my brother-in-law is six. Like, how tall are you, Randy? Six, six four. four. My brother-in-law is six six. Yeah, so he's taller. He's taller than you. He's bigger, broader than than uh, oh, Isaiah. Dude. Um, and like, I went over their house one day, one day just to drop something off. And, um, he was coming down the steps and it's like, yo, yo, Len, how you doing? I was like, yeah, man, I just came from North Philly. I had to go drop something off there. And I came here. He's like, North Philly. Uh, no, no, no. You gotta leave. You gotta leave. Get no, what, are you in my house? You in my house? I'm like, no. He's like, no, no, no. Put your mask on and just turn around and just walk around. Just drop it at the door. We get it. We get it. I'm like, all right, bro. All right. And what I'm going to do? You're like, you're not, you're like nine foot ever. I'm not going to say no to you, bro. I'm just going to keep it moving. So I know how these, ty- these you know, real tight, strict people be. Um, uh, all right. So we're going to get into our conversation. But before we do, I got like a bit of a Sophie's choice uh, for you, for you Tribbles. For Christmas, it's just curious, and it actually just came to me. I don't know if y'all saw uh, in the news that Warner Brothers announced that Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. is now going to be released in the theaters and on HBO Max 
on the same day, on Christmas Day, right? So they're giving people the option that if, if it, where you are, if the theaters are open, you can go see it in the theaters. Uh, or if not, you can stay at home and watch it on on uh, streaming, on your TV. I don't know whether or not how people are going to feel about going to the theaters. And that's not really the, the question because that gets into like health questions and everything like that. The Sophie's choice that I want to ask you is that Disney also announced that on Christmas Day, on Disney Plus, they are also going to be premiering the Pixar movie Soul, which is Pixar's film that is all about jazz and features, even though it's computer animated, their first uh, people, well, African-American characters and, and, and leads in this film. So... If you can only stream one movie for your family Christmas Day, which film is it going to be? Are you going to choose Soul, which is from Disney, which, you know, according to Kennedy, is they're, they're like Skynet from The Terminator. But are you going to choose Soul or are you going to choose Wonder Woman 1984? I'm going Wonder Woman. That's easy. Wonder Woman. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Especially after what I read today about Disney. Them guys, man. They're not paying Alan Dean Foster, the guy that wrote uh, Splinter in the Mind's Eye. Uh, he wrote a bunch of the, uh, the novelizations for the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that, you know, even though they, they, they own it now, and uh, Lucasfilms had been paying it for, uh, you know, anytime they put it back out and that kind of thing. They're saying they're not going to pay, and that's just like, like the art. What you don't have enough money? Like, come on, man! This dude is not asking for a fortune. Like, get this dude his money. Get out of here with that. So, yeah, I want to see Soul, but I want to see Wonder Woman more anyway. And this is my little way to stick it to the man and be like, you know what? <laughs> Later for you, Mouse. Okay, all right. That's that's yeah. your your decision. Uh, 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 Isaiah, I saw you throwing up uh, gang signs from Wonder Woman. It looked like. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no. I, did, I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she had colors. But okay. Yeah, uh, yeah bro, that gold. You ain't rocking gold. Wrong place, bro. This is the mascara. Look, uh, Wonder Woman for sure. Uh, especially like it doesn't matter on either side of my family. They both would love something that's more action packed. Anyhow, mm. uh, so I'm sure it's gonna be good. I have. Uh, no reservations about that, but just knowing my family is like is a it's a Pixar movie, and most of the, like the kids in our family are getting older, so it was like it'll get thrown a little something that they can probably, you know, uh, relate a little bit more as in like action wise. Um, I don't know, and I just feel like Pixar just doing this now is like yo, you're kind of late, like you're extremely late, so like I don't feel like giving you money. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, read on things. I'm gonna go to Darylise next. I don't, I don't know where Darylise even stands in this realm. She's like Pixar. What's um, <laughs> Let me Google this really quick. <laughs> what is My hands are Google free. <laughs> yeah, I love Wonder Woman. I was born in 1983, and I, you know, and I love like the. I, I would love to be able to kind of like call that back, but I also feel like representation is super important, and I I, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to see soul. So I don't. 
My family and I would probably watch Soul, but I would personally have preferred Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All <laughs> right. So you're saying Soul will be on the TV, but on your phone you'd be sitting there. Uh huh. Yeah, this is great. You'd be watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my heart, I'd be I'd be playing. <laughs> or in my mind, I'd be playing Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay. All right. I hear you. I hear you. What about you, Mac? Uh, she stole my answer. Really? So I would, yeah, I would prefer to watch Wonder Woman. But your question was, what would I put on for the family? Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything will keep Baby Jedi in front of the TV. However, I would hope the Pixar has a better shot. Right. So I'm, I'm throwing soul on. Okay. All right. All right. What about you, uh, Gabe? Gabe Below? Um, me and my house, we don't have Disney Plus, and we swear <laughs> against it. Um, <laughs> so we, we refuse to download the app, no matter how many different apps tell us we could get it for free. <laughs> we won't do it. Um, so probably Wonder Woman. Um, and I just feel like it's, Mike and I would probably enjoy that more. I do really love animated films, and like, it, like if anyone was going to force anyone to watch them, it would be me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I feel like for for Christmas, I think I would wait to watch Soul though. I think. You know, being empowered and watching some fun, watch some really ridiculous outfits with Kristen Wiig, because um, she's just always a delight as well, would be really fun to watch during Christmas time. Okay. I see uh, Ice Girl. I think we have a question. There. He has his hand up. You have something to say? I want to say hi. What's up, hi. Alex? Hi. Alex? Hi. How you feeling? Good. Good? Word oh, up. Good. Good Very good, man. Very good. All right, so that's an interesting question. Interesting answer, Tribbles. Um, I myself would choose Soul. Um, I hear your, you know, your, um, your your rage against Disney, uh, Gabe, and I can I can re- and Randy, and I can recognize that. Um, but I, I, you know, I I, 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 I just get over it. I don't. I don't that right. I stuff. already got it. So yeah, yeah you know, so. right. Um, but but I would choose Soul because I think I, for the kids in my family, like my nieces, I think that they would enjoy it and I would enjoy that and I would enjoy the opportunity to introduce them to something else, introduce them to seeing characters that look like them. They see that all the time, but to see that in a computer animated film and because the film does deal with jazz, introduce them to jazz music and the music that is there in a fun way that I think that might be interesting to them i mean so that's why i would i would ride with that and i got a funny feeling that as as exciting as they would be about wonder woman i think there's going to be some things in wonder woman that probably are going to be a little bit over their head because all all my nieces are younger than 13 so while technically they probably will watch it anyway and like it you know i'm just going to give them an opportunity to watch soul uh first action figure expert actually answered and said that he he was uh was stream wonder woman mainly because he does not to care too much for pixar movies so there you go who knew who knew that the the, the worm had turned on pixar movies i i don't know i i like pixar i i, I like, like everything I like everything they've done i and i love coco love coco yeah, i coco. love coco coco yeah i almost okay one. I did almost break and download Disney Plus to watch Coco. <laughs> that, I have been yearning to watch it again. So I'm 
Coco <laughs> is nice. Just <laughs> yeah. do the free trial. I feel I mean, like I the whole world. Seven days. What seven days? Barely a week. I feel like the whole world forgot about Book of Life. Book of Life came out. Did, am I the only one that saw Book of Life? Maybe. <laughs> it was his animated. Uh, I forget who did it, but it was about uh, you know the Day of the Dead and. Oh, oh, that like, came out around the same time as Coco. I it came out like a year and a half that. before Coco. Right, mm. right, right. It was so it was amazing. It like the animation. It looked like it I looked like they were puppets almost. It was. Like, it was stop motion. It was yeah. Stop it, motion. It was amazing. And then Coco came out. And they were like everybody was like, "Oh, this is so ridiculous. This is this is a, such a groundbreaking concept of doing an animated film." Like, yo, this just came out like a year and a half ago. They just it, it, what. But Coco was better. It's Coco, my though. heart, though, you know? I, I think <laughs> Book of Life is better. I love Book of Life. Book of yeah, Life is that Coco. work. Nobody asked you. <laughs> See? <laughs> he liked Coco. What you mean? Yeah. Nobody asked him. He gets his little guitar and starts playing on over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he said he liked it. And that's who it was for. So, yeah. Randy, it don't, don't really matter whether or not you liked it. He liked Coco more. That's what counts. <laughs> My older kids like Book of Life better. It don't See, matter. What the fuck? Yes, it your older, your older kids about to go to college. That's a trip. Theoretically. Yeah, right. Theoretically. Theoretically. All right. Let's see how theoretical pay them, them uh, bills. <laughs> them loans. Go them, them loans, dog. Fill out them apps. <laughs> oh. I, I got all this crack in the basement. <laughs> oh god oh god Yo, boy, move that door. Right. what you gotta do all right all right all right um action figure expert says that the toy story and the incredibles are the only pixar movies that he cares for um you're missing you're missing some good ones there action yeah, figure yeah, but i'm not gonna say yeah. i'm gonna say what anything up, what up man all right so uh, that is that has been fun. Thank y'all for for playing along with me, uh, Tribbles. Let's in, get into the meat of our show. Let's demystify diversity with Daralise Lyons, the, who actually has a podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that you can you can check out for your own. It is called the Demystifying Diversity Podcast, which is available. Mm-hmm. Everywhere the good podcast be, you can you can check it out. Um, and Darylise, if 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 I if I read your story, your life yeah. story correctly, yeah. you have um, grown up demystifying diversity, and it began with how your mother, your single mother, your your single uh, 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 white mother, yep, yep. raised yep. you. And and the um and her viewpoint on race on race and how that influenced exactly how you lived your life. Is that true? That is true, Len. Yes, you read my my life story correctly. Um so I'm biracial, I'm half black and half white, and um I think my mom, you know, raising me on her own felt like it was very, very important to give me a sense of identity, but also a sense of identity that didn't necessarily erase my lived experience. So growing Mm -hmm. up in a family that was 
predominantly um, white, you know, it was very important for my mom to give me a sense of, of identity that included like that side of my family and those experiences, but also um, my African-American heritage and history. And that didn't attempt to erase my father at all. And so I feel like carrying that sense of, of inclusive identity throughout my life um, mm -hmm. is what has called me to do the work that I, that I do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I was sort of like born into this space and then sort of like <laughs> cultivated um, right. to really be able to have a more spectrum understanding of identity. But I, and, and I, I enjoyed reading the blog that you wrote about it. And, 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 and I joined with, I guess, probably all the other readers of your blog who thank you for sharing your story the way that you did, because it was one, I thought it was very honest um, and sincere, um, but I appreciated you telling the story about how your mother, you know, didn't want you to buy into the stigma of the one drop rule and being and and which is basically, you know, if you're from a biracial um, uh, parenting or a couple or a biracial child that people say, especially if the person, one of the persons is black, well, then that means you're black. And it's like, because you got one drop of black. And, and your mom was just like, no, 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 no. She was like, she wasn't having that at all with an upgrade and raising you up. Is well, that correct? I mean, it's rooted, like the one drop rule is rooted in slavery and it's rooted mm -hmm. in white supremacy and it's rooted in, and, and there are important historical reasons why, you know, I mean, a lot of white women uh, or a lot of white men rather raped their black female slaves and so then the children that were born into those those um yeah those uh like abusive situations right. it, it made sense for those children i mean from a sort of economic standpoint those children were then um branded as like you know, all one thing, all their minority race, so that they could then be property. And so that the the fathers who had raped their mothers could then profit based on ownership of them. So like, there's clear economic roots for why that system came to be. And then there's also like some serious emotional attachments, I think, that go along with that. And I think that there are a lot of people who have a very similar ethnic and racial background to me. Um, who are biracial, who for very valid reasons might choose to identify with their minority race to the exclusion of, of um, uh, you know, their, their whiteness. And I think that that is perfectly valid. And so I definitely don't want to discount anybody's, you know, um, choice to do that. But I think it should be a matter of individual experience and individual choice and sort of like lived reality versus a social construct. I think that society does a lot of telling people how they're supposed to see themselves and how they should identify. And I think that's very problematic. Like when we live in a society that is um, based on white supremacy and then that society dictates how we see ourselves, I think that's responsible for a lot of the problems that we see in our society. And I think people should be able to, you know, claim <laughs> their own experience. And I think we're seeing a lot more of that with things like gender. And I think it's beautiful. <clears throat> and I wish that, you know, more identity markers could sort of like um, follow suit, whether it be race or religion or, you know, or um, diff different things. Like, I just wish that people were able to sort of be themselves in the world and the world would receive them as opposed to the world dictating who we think we're supposed to be, or who we are. 
Well, I see, I see you nodding your head like uh, you, you're literally like a bobblehead there. It gave you a really uh, feeling everything that Daryl is saying. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, have a similar identity of being raised by a white single mom and the same kind of like idea of like growing up with a very white half of my family and still trying to like understand and, and acknowledge the this other identity that I had. And my mom very similarly was like, you know, you know, tried to teach me Spanish or would like, you know, do a lot of the the, the culture in that as well. And I think um, that it is like a, a personal basis. And it's something that like just growing up, I've always just had to like learn and grow and adjust to in, in my own identity. It's always I'm always learning <laughs> about who I am and how I identify. And I think it's like uh, it, there's no just way to paint that as, as one for anyone. I love that you said you're always learning. Like, I think there is a fluidity to it so that what you say today might be different than what you say 10 years from now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Very true. Very true. And, and Randy, and and, and I, I think it's very apt, you know, like, we're not just like a rainbow of triples here. We are actually a, a very diverse rainbow of triples because Randy is actually raising uh, a family that it is all all biracial as well, and I know that it's very you. One of the things you have always tried to um, instill in your children is a strong sense of self of of you know both cultures from from which they have been raised. You know, I, uh, it was it's easier with uh, with Amy and Aaron now. That they're a little older. Their mother's Puerto Rican and. I, I told them a long time ago, I was like, look, if you're going to learn Spanish, you're going to learn it from her. I'll teach you, you you'll, you'll get your hip hop from me. You're Spanish, you got to get from your mom. And they don't speak Spanish. That's but, um, <laughs> but, but I, but I, as they get older, I see them really sort of uh, taking in more of that. And like, I, I see my daughter say, like, just knowing a lot of just random phrases and stuff like that. She just forgets her mom. And I see her really just starting to take all that in. Um, with with Alex, it's it's a little different because like when you're six, you're so very much like I am this and I am this, and it, I, I I am amused as hell watching him. Like just we were watching something today on uh, NFL Network, and there were two guys. Uh, one guy was black, one guy was white, and then like they had like little like uh, avatars of themselves, and the one dude was dancing, and he was like, "What's the black dude doing?" And he was like, "Is that racist?" I'm like. <laughs> No, <laughs> you ask question. Like it's not that serious. Um, and I, the thing I don't ever want him to get too caught up in is just sort of getting hyper focused on it. Like, just be a good dude, man. Just be a good dude and learn from me. Learn from your mother. Um, all I'm gonna, I'm all I'm gonna teach you is how to be a good dude and you know be safe out here in the streets and you'll be all right. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> He heard his name. He said, "Oh, you're right." Hey, hey, like, come on, man. Get out of the way. <laughs> hey, you're talking about me. You know, I do these pillow dance. Right? <laughs> 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 Look at this. You got my dad with thunder. Look at me. I'm the next generation. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost it. I lost it. I lost it for a minute there. Um, <laughs> And so, sorry with that. No, but when uh, when I was, I was actually gonna ask you, like, when you, 
you know, uh, your dad and his experiences and whatever else. Like, do you feel like there wasn't enough from him to sort of give you any of that? You know what I mean? Or I think that like, certainly if I had grown up without sort of um, strong black male and female role models in my life, then absolutely I would have felt that way. But I was lucky enough that like I, um, so my mom actually was like the only white woman in this organization called Black Books Galore when I was a kid because she was like, no, I want you to see yourself represented in literature. Um, and I think that also sparked my love of writing and of books. And then um, I grew up with, I, I don't know if you all know, like this is like, you know, Nerd Culture 101 podcast, like which is awesome. <laughs> so I don't know if you all know who George Foster was, but he was the first um, Black um, Mets player who made yes. like over a million dollars. And I was yeah, actually yeah, like yeah, best yeah. friends with his kids growing up and would hang out with their, yeah. So like I, I had a lot of exposure to, um, to like, or I mean limited because I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, but I certainly had like a lot of sort of strong black role models and friends. And, and so I, I didn't, I never felt like, and I also, my mom joined an inner interracial parenting organization so I had a lot of mm. biracial sort of kids around me as well so I didn't grow up feeling like I I may have missed my dad as a person but I didn't right. miss like the cultural the elements or anything or those influences in any that's way good. that's good that's good that's good it, and and I'm not gonna hold Greenwich Connecticut against you because one of the <laughs> One of the one of the blackest men I know, the, the actor Tony Todd, who plays Candyman, was born in Connecticut. And there's no blacker man than Tony <laughs> Todd. <laughs> so, black devil. That devil. man is that man is original black. He is he is Shakazulu <laughs> Triple for a real for a reason. So, so I'm not holding that against you. So it's 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 all good. I know it's black in them Connecticut streets somewhere. So <laughs> It's dope. It's cool. It's cool. We're not going to hold it against you. It's cool. But so, so um, you touched on it a little bit in in your background because you are like the triples. Like Randy, as you, you probably heard, is a is a hip hop artist, um, and it's all also a comic book Jedi. You can just look at his house. Um, uh, and and Gabe is a podcaster and a film and a filmmaker. Eric is a filmmaker and a podcaster and, and like the triples are nothing but slashes, but nobody's got slashes like Dara Lee's lions, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let, let me, let me tell you, she is an author, a journalist, a podcaster, a yogi. She is a, a, a speaker, a storyteller. I mean, you, you just slash, 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 slash. <laughs> you just doing, doing it all. But I, but you, you spoke of how your love of writing, I believe that's where it all began for you with the pen. Um, um, and uh, exactly how did that track go from journalism to writing writing books and then becoming a transformational storyteller because i need to know what is a transformational <laughs> storyteller like are you going to literally transform into like a semi truck on here or oh i wish i wish i could that would that'd be a great skill well no i mean i i believe that the stories that we tell ourselves and others have the power to transform the lives that we live like i just 
fully believe that um, that we learn through storytelling, that storytelling is, is you know, someone's going to tell you a whole bunch of facts and figures and you might remember two out of the 10, but you're going right. to remember the, the story, right? The essence, the emotionality, the, the things that that happened to us. So I've been, I mean, I've been very fascinated by storytelling since I was a kid. I used to do a lot of acting. I still do comedy improv and and various uh, things. So I just, for me, I see writing as just a natural extension of storytelling. Um, yeah, and- I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you off there because speaking about storytelling, I, you know, uh, I did my research. Your storytelling, <laughs> yes. you storytelling. Get the, get this, Eric. You'll appreciate this. I'm going to go right to her website. She, she puts it on. She puts it on blast. I, I, I'll be honest with you. She, she puts it puts it on blast. She says on her website that she started. Um, she was told to go to the principal's office and she uh in second grade told to go to the principal's office because she was acting up in class as you know as she's wont to do you've seen her already on on the screen here but when she arrived instead of going to see the principal and accepting her punishment dara lease lied about <laughs> having a stomach ache and needing to see the nurse. And yeah. she's been telling stories and putting on performances ah. ever since. Uh, got well him. So when she says, so when she says she's a storyteller, I think that's code for liar. <laughs> well, I mean, there's truth in fiction, right? <laughs> How much truth? What's the percentage? Is the variable. Yeah. So by the time she got to the principal office, oh, I got a stomachache. I need to see the nurse. Yeah. Did the teacher ever come back and check up on that? Did they ever catch up with you? Yeah, I got in trouble for that, but I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got so caught. That's why it's on the website. Is because I got caught. If I hadn't, I, yeah, I would have taken. How did you get caught? You don't want that. How did you get caught? Oh, uh, because I, I, I went into the nurse. The nurse didn't catch me. Like I went into the office. I, I played a good game. I, I faked it for a little while. But then I guess the teacher was wondering why I was in the principal's office for so long. And so she sent someone to go get me and they found me in the nurse's office. And especially since the nurse lived next door to our house. So she went home, knocked on the door of the nurse like, oh. <laughs> My stomach ache, and then you know she ain't have a pass. You know I lost it on the on the on the at the corner store. I'm sorry, but I bought you now, chips. Lynn, you're Lynn, You're just like adding now. You're just like you're. I'm reading from the website. I'm reading from the website. And stole a car and went to the mall. And then it was a drop out with these gunshots. We had to run for these shots. It was crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I'll tell you all about my new book, Girls from the Hood. Anyway, uh, <laughs> said it all. <laughs> so you were telling how you made the leap from uh, being a, uh, a journalist and author to a storyteller. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more like the storytelling has just always sort of been part of my life. And then I found different ways to do it. And so I started off just writing. And at first I wrote fiction because I loved that. And I love being able to kind of just pull everything out of the ethers of my own imagination mm-hmm. and just make mm-hmm. things up. And 
Um, and then I really got passionate about telling story, people stories. Like I feel okay. like the lives that we live are far, far more fascinating really than anything that we can create or manufacture. And also I think that there's power, there's great power in the lived experiences of people, everyday people. Um, right. and, uh, and so I got really interested in journalism and I started to, I, I had no qualifications, but I think that's something about me. I'm sort of like, okay, cool. Like, I'll, you know, like, I'll just try it. Um, right. and so I had no qualifications for the first journalistic articles I wrote or the first stories I like the uh, audio pieces I produced or or whatnot, but I just felt like, no, these are important stories. <laughs> I have an opportunity and I have an inroad and like, I want to. I want to tell them. And then the more I started interviewing people and the more I started just learning about what people go through and the human capacity for resilience and, and evil and hatred, like I, I just really mm. wanted to um, amplify those stories and, and to, you know, hopefully. Do you remember the, do you remember the first story person's story that really like impacted you and made you say, Oh, I, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to bring, other people's stories to life because of discovering this story? Yeah, absolutely. So I had the opportunity to be able to interview um, Holocaust survivors. Mm. And I think that that, for me, that was the minute that the work that I had been doing in the diversity space switched from being like personally sort of fueled. Um, and I recognized just the interconnectedness of oppression. And I recognized um, like I, just being able to sit with someone that had endured such evil and right. um, and found the capacity to love and found healing and found connection and found forgiveness and all these things that I don't like, I, I, I don't think I'm that strong. I mean, I don't know, maybe I would be if put in those situations, but to sit with people that have really like lived and lost and had their entire families annihilated and, and just be like, Oh my, I, I just felt so humbled by that. And I felt like, okay, I need to find stories worth telling that maybe people wouldn't hear otherwise. And I need to bring those stories into mainstream consciousness and I need to give people a voice. And I need to, I mean, especially now with what we're going through in the world, all the hate that's out there, I just feel like, the more we can connect, not through like statistics and research, which is important, but it doesn't it doesn't hit the heart in the same way. It doesn't make people um, be willing to get involved or become allies or you know or confront their racist uncle when they say something. It doesn't. It just doesn't incite um, the level of change that we need. And so I really wanted to to you know transform people's hearts through storytelling and i think we need a whole lot more of that to make a difference but i feel very blessed that that's the work that i get to do shoot that's and and it's real because that's what the what she is doing with the demystifying diversity podcast what's the what's the concept of demystifying diversity and it, because i will say it's almost it seems to me like over the last couple of years, you know, everybody's like, you know, like diversity, diversity, diversity. And some people, it, it's almost become like, uh, like uh, 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 triggering for some people. They they don't don't even want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it, you know. Um, but you 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 are specifically trying to demystify with your podcast, which is looking at 
Um, and, and I appreciate it. I listened to a couple of episodes and you, you talk about the Asian American experience and your most recent uh, episodes are speaking uh, uh, about the, the Muslim uh, experience. And uh, I, and I know this is, I, I think like a 10 part series that yeah. the podcast is going to, going to be. What is the, the, what was the impetus for the podcast and what's the, and what's the, the goalpost for it? Yeah. So I think something really important when it comes to these things is that people tend to feel like, oh, well, that's those people's issue over there. Right. Like that. Right. that oh, that affects this community and it doesn't affect this community. And it, and so I really wanted to show I think diversity work tends not to be um, a microcosm of the macrocosm. Right. Like it tends to focus on one specific set of of community concerns. And so for me, it was really important to look at, okay, well, um, how do these ways of sort of like creating certain norms and boxes and, and standards in which most people don't actually fit into them anyways, like what are the consequences of that? And so for example, I, I, I think I interviewed 128 people for season one and it was, um, and it is 10 different episodes and it really focuses on, so we did an episode on like black and blue, really exposing the criminal justice system and, and um, Muslims and media and uh, Asians in America in the wake of COVID-19, which the hate crimes that are affecting the Asian American community, it's horrific um, and mm. biraciality and, and just all these different things. We have an episode on, um, like, you know, body shaming and the prevalence of eating disorders and fat activism, because I really want people to see someone that they love or themselves, like in these stories and start to see how people's lives are severely impacted and to have, I mean, part of the demystifying is for people to have a resource. Cause I was finding again and again and again, people were reaching out to me like, I want to ask these questions, but I don't know who to ask. And I don't know how to engage in a meaningful way and like how do I become an ally and so I think just giving people points of entry as a way to start having these conversations and a way to start um, like engaging in a meaningful way and maybe waking up um, but waking up not just to one like specific issue but waking up to the interconnectedness of oppressions and waking up to how these systems really harm a large like you know a large contingent of the population and possibly the entire population. Like there is a physician, Jonathan Metzl, I think who wrote the book dying of whiteness that talks Mm. about how actually white supremacy is killing white people and the prevalence of suicide. And, and um, you know, in a lot of communities that are very sort of um, uh, tend to be more drawn towards like gun ownership and those kinds of things. And so I think, if people can really start to see that like, oh, this is this is really dangerous and we need to make society better and safer. Um, I think that's I think that's important. And hopefully through getting exposed to different communities and getting exposed to different issues, people can sort of start to develop their empathy muscle. Oh, I like that. Right, right. Develop their empathy muscle. That's that's gangster as hell. <laughs> I I don't have I don't have empathy muscle. I'm, I'm, it's 
being, I'm being honest, I'm being honest, a little slim here. I mean, maybe, maybe Isaiah's, got, Isaiah's got muscles to spare. Like, you got an empathy muscle over there, Isaiah? Yeah, I, I think I got a you know pretty good empathy muscle here. We going, we going. <laughs> Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. All right. Put it, put it, put it, put it back. Put it. It's out here. Hugs, man. They built for big, strong hugs. Mm, okay. All right. Maybe that, that's what you need, Daryl. At least you need more hugs. That's what we, we could use. I more. know. That, for me, that's the saddest thing about this pandemic is the absence of physical touch. Like, I just, yeah. I'm a huge, I don't know about all of you, but like, I hug everybody. I actually have a word. A, a, like, Same. Um, I would hug the person at the grocery store that would check out my groceries. Like I, and I kid you not oh every God. time, like, I'm like, Hey Ron, he's like, Hey Darius. And we like hug each other. Um, so I just, wow. I'm, yeah, I miss <laughs> hugging everybody I'm and now I can't hug anybody. So it's bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of there any of the cashiers at shop right that I would hug. I can't think of. Yo, real talk. I, was like, I, don't, I don't think I ever did that. You have strong, very strong empathy muscles. Yeah, cashiers? No. Yeah. <laughs> probably like hugging mailman. <laughs> hugging yeah. tossing guard. I'm not going to lie. I was ready to hug a kid at a at the grocery store when I was down in North Carolina because uh, he was like, I had my mask on, and he was like, are you Jamaican? And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm sorry, your accent was so, and I couldn't tell, and then your I, I was like, I'm sorry. I, I was like, bro, it's okay, man. It's hard. <laughs> Yo, he was young boy, too. I was like, I was like, oh, come here, man. It's all right. Don't, don't, it's okay. Don't, don't stress. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. I felt really bad for that boy. It made me laugh. <laughs> I was laughing my balls off. He was like, "Oh no, did I do a he's, bad thing?" Yo, he, yo, he. It was like he killed somebody. It was so oh. weird, really terrifying. I felt so bad for him. I was like, "Bro, it's okay, man. It's all right." All right, all right. Uh, how has the reception been to the podcast so far? Uh, I, I think it's interesting. The the um. Your your podcast, you'll do an episode and then you'll do an episode where you answer the question, you answer the questions that your your uh the the first podcast brought up. I thought it, I thought that was actually a very a very smart way to do the podcast. It's like, oh, I might have to steal this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was great. Always evolving. Always evolving. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, that's something that I love about it, actually, because then the community gets engaged. And, like, I'm sure mm-hmm. you all know this from your podcast, but, like, we might think as podcasters that we know what the audience wants to hear. And, like, we have something super interesting and woke or whatever that we're going to talk about. And then the thing that the audience focuses on might not be the part that that I thought was important, right? And so I love... I love that. I love that there's a Q&A component and people get to call in and they get to ask for clarification or they get to ask for something I might not have thought to report on or sometimes they'll share like some of the most meaningful um, call-ins or emails have been people sharing a little bit about their own experience and then asking yeah. a question based on their lives. And so, it, I mean, I, I feel very, very blessed. Um, and very inadequate, actually, most of the time. But I think that's a good way to feel like in this mm-hmm. space, to feel inadequate and to feel like I don't have all the answers because it keeps me searching and um, hopefully a little bit teachable because I think 
I think really this work is about upgrading the quality of our questions, not really upgrading the qual- our answers, because I, I don't know that there are any perfect answers in this space. Can you That's think true. of like a single show that was like the greatest example of that, where you thought the conversation would be A, and then all the questions were about B, and you were like, what was, what's the biggest shock to you that was a, a, a draw in that instance? Yeah, um, so I think for me, something that was really interesting was this recent episode on Muslims and media, because we we talked about the way that Islamophobia is perpetrated, right, by like the current administration and by members of the, outgoing the media. And, yeah, yeah, outgoing. <laughs> current until January administration, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and we talked about how um, just the way that representation dictates a lot of how people sort of see and, and filter their understanding of, of different people. And, and something that was interesting, I got a calling question because I had spoken about the uh, murder in North Carolina where a gunman actually executed three young Muslim Americans execution style um, in their homes. And it was clearly an Islamophobic act. And um, because of the way that he confessed when like when he went into the police station and confessed around the crime, um, it it was presented to the media as a dispute over parking instead of a hate crime. And um, the media was sort of like never able to really like recover that initial presentation. And it was never charged as a hate crime. And so I sort of taught presented this as like a as evidence, right, of the wrongdoing in the media and evidence of Islamophobia in America. And one of the calling questions was like, well, what happened to the shooter? Like, can you talk more about what happened to this individual person? And for me, it was like, oh, that's so interesting because I was looking at this person as like a representation of a larger problem, but I kind of forgot that- The end of the story. Yeah, like that he was a person and like, and so then to be able to kind of like tell that and wrap it all up, I wouldn't have thought to do otherwise. And so that's just one example that stands out to me. Yeah, you're always amazed what what people will lock in on, but it doesn't surprise me that they would lock in on that because that story is... So it's especially you know you know as a black person that's it, it's that's so that's so much the black story in so many ways that we're our situations are presented in the media you know um uh you know it 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 can be you know i mean just think about oh i i just drew a blank on the young boy who who shot up uh, was he shot up a church and yet they still took him to get mcdonald's on the way yeah. to the uh, to the jail yeah. you know yeah. what i mean Green right yeah. yeah you know and 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 you you just know that we know as 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 especially black men you know how that would have went down another way how it would have been presented in in a totally different uh different way so it doesn't surprise me that people focus on that because you you just want to hear you want to hear the end result you want you want to see where you know where this where this goes you want to see does justice at least prevail in this okay maybe they didn't 
see it as a hate crime, but if the guy still got 50 years in prison, then he got 50 years in prison. But if he didn't get 50 years in prison and they got a slap on the hand, it's like, oh, you and your silly gun, you know, you go ahead, Johnny, you know, you're waiting to see whether how that all played out. I know I am. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. doing. I ain't gonna lie. So I'm gonna lie. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I, mean, I think I, but I think you you bring up a really like important point, which is that the narratives are so different based on race, right? Like mm-hmm. the 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 stories, the like we're surprised if a black man in America is treated well by the police, right? It's like oh, right. like oh, okay, like you know, and 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 it's not surprising. But, you know, if a white defendant is treated differently. And like, I think it's it's really interesting. And some of the research that I found that was really, really interesting are based on body size. People have their different conviction rates, but a thinner person is more likely to get off for a crime, like with the same, with the really? levels of guilt or innocence than a person who is a larger bodied individual because of the bias that we have about body size and body type. Like there's so many people who are discriminated against and discrimination happens in so many forms that we don't necessarily think about. And I think those are like really important conversations and the the intersectionality of this stuff, right? So like, what does it mean to be a black man in America but then also, what does it mean to be a black gay man in America or a black yeah. gay a black gay man in a larger body in America? Like, you know, and depending on socioeconomic status. Right. So like all these things, I think sometimes we look at one identity marker as like the determining factor. But often, you know, it's really the interconnectedness of these things, because to be a, a black man in a very affluent family who has access to certain things, that's a different story, maybe, right? Maybe not in terms of external perception if you're driving in certain neighborhoods, but like, that's a very different story than if you're growing up without access to certain economic or educational opportunities. And I think, I just don't think we do a very good job of sort of like holding all those simultaneous realities um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the media, just in general. So I love that in my form of, of journalism, I get to kind of delve a little bit more deeply and, and maybe point out some of the complexities of these these issues, because I think until people really get that, it can be easy to kind of like misread things, right? Or like tell a narrative of forward progress where we're not actually making much progress. Right. Well, it's not just the media. It's also social media is playing a large role into this misinformation. Anytime you see a single comment you label this person as I don't know what, but you associate all kinds of things about them based off of one statement or one comment that they made. You know what I mean? You don't think about the other perspectives, other points of view or anything like that. You know what I mean? Uh, We'll have a conversation about one of the shootings that happened. And, you know, we've got some trolls in our group having a conversation but, you know, you're not thinking about that everybody here has points of view. You know, somebody here is a son of a police officer or somebody else here has a, a cousin that's a SWAT sniper and things like that. Nobody here is like against blue lives or against black lives and things like that. Everybody is a dichotomy. But we always try to put people in a box that have a single point of view. And nobody does. Like everybody has so many different points of view. And we never 
think about that when we're judging them based off one comment they made one time on one tweet. Yeah. Well, and I think you point to the fact that like social media is a very good sort of announcement platform, right? Like it's very good at sort of disseminating information one way. It's right. not good at engaging people in meaningful dialogue. Like it's not. Right. And I think sometimes like when we look at the polarization that's happening um, on social media, I think it's because people are trying to use social media <laughs> Like to enter into dialogue in ways that are really just, they're just shouting at each other on the internet. Like that's not where real change is going to happen. It's going to happen from sitting with a friend and being like, tell me why you feel the way that you do because I feel really differently and I think you're a good person and I want to understand you because I love you, but I also want to let you know how your views are really hurting me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I keep getting lost looking at Gabe because she literally in her glasses in that box looks like she's on CNN. Like I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for like the Chiron to go underneath, you know, Gabe Castro, CNN. And she's just going to come with like- What is the latest report? You know what I mean? She's just going to just like open up her reporter's box and just, and so I just keep like, like, all right, Gabe, Gabe's about to take it. Our, our anchor, Gabe, is about to take this, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. What I what I, I did want to uh, uh, speak to um, you were talking about social media and not being a way to engage in conversations um, on your podcast, along with the interviews that you do. You have a co-host um, who you engage on conversations with as well. Uh Anna Marie Jones, yeah, is that Anna right? Yeah, Anna Marie Jones. Yeah, she's my business partner. And um, it's been really great to sort of have that back and forth and, and our minds work very differently. And so, um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And I think because I'm the one who does the vast majority of the interviews and the research and stuff, like it tends to be that she'll often have questions that I didn't necessarily think about. And, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, the Q&As are really fun because we get to um, just like, have a chat and right. um, and ask each other things that we wouldn't necessarily get to talk about in normal conversation because people don't generally want to talk about these things, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. true. I, I'm curious though, after having like you know 128 interviews that you did uh, for for this podcast series, you know, have you how? Have you found the, the those conversations and the stories that you've heard, and and by way of that the lessons that you've learned? How have you found them impacting you know your personal life and how you are now dealing with you know your world at large? Yeah. Um, so it actually was really hard. Like I feel like I still struggle with this because mm -hmm. I am an empathetic person and so to be able to like really look at how broken our world is like I feel like there's sometimes when I just want to be incapacitated by it like I don't know right. how to find that filter um what I found really useful I actually wrote a book um sort of to companion the podcast called demystifying diversity embracing our shared humanity so that I could because the podcast is more like other people's stories, but then I wanted to give people a way that they could kind of like extrapolate from their own lives. And there's a workbook to it. So they could like do the work. And so that was really helpful for me to feel like I was giving people a tangible set of tools. But honestly, like I didn't, 
I interviewed Dr. Howard Stevenson pretty early on in the process, and he's one of the nation's leading experts on de-escalation training with the police officers. And he said to me, you know, um, Daryl, self-care is so important. And I mm-hmm. wish I had like taken that more to heart, but I didn't. And so as I was doing like this work and interviewing people and stuff, I'm like, I'm eating, like, I'm just like not taking care of myself with food. I'm not sleeping. I'm not like, I'm just like kind of unraveling a little bit. And then I, I want to say that at some point I realized like, okay, I got to give myself some empathy too. And I started to practice that a little more and started to have a little more like work-life separation. And I do comedy improv as well. And so like just making sure that I was doing enough like comedy and having enough laughter in my life was really important. So I like, I've now I have a little more of a balance and I think going into season two, I'll have a little more of a balance, but certainly the first like maybe six months of doing this work, I'm like, why am I doing this? Because I am falling apart. Like I have all this love for other people, but I'm just like so <laughs> self-hating right now. Like this right. is hard. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely gotta make sure. So Darlis, I have, I have a question. With all the interviews has Anyone, I guess, ever mentioned of ways to cope or to combat the alienation of um, what it's like to, you know, be someone in their shoes of a, a different race, of a different ethnicity, especially those of uh, mixed race, whether that be black and white, uh, Asian and Indian or anything like that? So overwhelmingly, what I found is that community is important and belonging is important. Like people Amen. want to feel connected. Even introverts like want to feel right. like we belong yeah. somewhere, right? Um, and I did one interview where um, Obed Arango, who's the founder of Sakate, which is an organization, um, a community uh organization and he said to me you know i don't believe that any individual can liberate themselves like we're all liberated within community and i that's really stood out to me and i think that um you know the challenge is is that most of us fit into a number of different communities and so we need to kind of like find a home where it's fully and completely okay to be ourselves and sometimes that's not just one home like sometimes it's about finding a few different communities where taken together as an aggregate, like you can feel a sense of safety and, and a sense of belonging. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that is one way though that the internet can be helpful is that you know, like years and years ago, like I, you know, I don't, if I didn't see people who look like me in my neighborhood, I yeah. wasn't going to see people who look like me anywhere. But now I think that is one space where you can sort of hopefully use the connectedness of the internet. But I think COVID is hard that actually I think a lot of people are really struggling even who have a strong sense of community in normal times like it's just feeling that that sense of love and and surrounding and uh you know uh cooperation is hard yeah it's definitely very different when you have to do you know these things through you know a webcam if you're fortunate enough to have like a computer that with a good webcam or anything like that it does get very like alienating and yeah people need their their community especially 
you know, again, shout out to all my extroverts out there. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> especially if you're an extrovert. Oh, my God. It, it has been a uh, transform a transformative process where it's like, I think I'm, uh, I guess I'm ambivert or, you know, I'm going more towards the intro version. Like, I don't, people, like the COVID, you, you, you've taken them. Although when COVID's over, I'm definitely going back to complete like extroversion. It's just like, yeah, it becomes very daunting. And especially if you already have that trouble of, you know, maybe trying to find your own, you know, tribe, your own community to, you know, feel accepted that, yeah, this is not a key situation. But wow. if the power of the internet might be possible, just a little harder. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, I want to piggyback off. Sorry, Len. I just I want to piggyback. No, off go, of, like, go, go. All right, all right. I like want to piggyback off. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. So piggybacking off of what I originally asked is, do you think when it comes to building these communities, like because like Twenty Three and Me and Ancestry dot com and all these other sites that you know uh, help you understand your genealogy and DNA, where you come from. Uh, has anyone on your show that you you know interviewed with that taking any of these tests has like opened their mind to you know mm. their community their world? Yeah, so that's an awesome question. I it's I'm not someone that I directly interviewed for the podcast, but I also I coach people in in book writing because I have some experience with that and one mm -hmm. of my current clients i'm sorry um, i missed the slash coach uh, yeah okay yeah one of my current clients yeah hashtag workaholic um <laughs> but <laughs> she um actually was is a triplet and mm. I'm not telling anything that she wouldn't be telling because she's writing a book about it now. Okay. Okay. Um, but they went on Ancestry DNA and found out that actually the person that they thought was their father is not their father. Um, wow. There, wow. It was a wow. um, in vitro situation. And so there was do a donor. And so they found 13 siblings. And so mm. suddenly, like, they have found a, a sense of belonging and family that they didn't yeah. otherwise have. And there's been, like, a, you know, a grapple uh, with that and a story with that. So that, for me, has been the biggest, like, whoa, like, you know, <laughs> with Ancestry DNA, you found this, this different sense of belonging. But what I've found, by and large, in the people that I've interviewed on the podcast is, like, that that's to, it tends not to make such a huge difference for people finding out that information. Because like, even if I, I know for me, my ancestry DNA results, like didn't quite match what I had always thought about my background and my ethnicity. Right. But like, I, I still default to what my lived experience is and the mm. cultures that I was raised around. Like I still kind of don't, re like I resonate more with what I always grew up as and, and okay. thought. I, so I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that would be a fun episode, though, to do, to just interview people around that. Um, really? Yeah. What about any of you? Have any of you done your Ancestry DNA profiles or 23andMe? And I, found I have not like yet, but it's definitely something, like, I think about uh, just because I know I'm Black uh, and I have some uh, Native American in my blood uh, from my mom's grandfather and i think he was cherokee no sorry grandmother and uh she was cherokee and blackfoot tribe 
Native American. So I know that. Anything else? No idea. I know my last name, uh, Luck, is English. So that's really about it. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, it looked like I you were shaking. Yeah, I said it looked like you were shaking your head, Isaac. I mean, uh, Gabe, go ahead. Yeah, I did. I did mine. I did mine specifically uh, because of that ambiguity of like not understanding this whole other side, and also like um, there's like I have an aunt who's very into like the genealogy and mapping like of like how my grandfather traveled here um, and kind of like mapping out like how <laughs> like how we got oh, here and MD3, all that because yeah. it's very like I mean it's like by definitely like multiracial to begin with like I already knew it was already very complicated like I'm just a big soup of <laughs> like different <laughs> European and then also like uh like islands and and other things but it was also like trying to confirm things that I like that we had thought or believed um and so it was a way to kind of do that to be like oh okay so like you know this is obviously like finding out that the majority of my DNA is, is very much my grandfather, which is Polish. <laughs> so it's like, that is like a, a it has been a big part of my identity. So to have that there, but then also to understand like, you know, being Puerto Rican and then, you know, also understanding that as, a, as an island that, you know, they were also colonized. And so then I have, you know, roots to West Africa and like kind of coming into that knowledge too, of like, you know, in our own community, um, of, you know, Latinx people that there's, you know, stigmas and complications just in that world that it's just like, I can kind of get in here now. It's <laughs> like, I'm fully aware of it and, and can see it in myself. Um, and it, it was also like, um, a super funny story uh, was a way like I convinced my aunt who loves genealogy to do it as well. Because I was like, if you do it, then it helps my like identity like like we'll get right. the numbers fine or whatever and then we ended up finding like a lost relative <laughs> because of it and like we wow. all ended up like meeting them uh and like you know his kids and it was like this it was surreal but it was like you're and he like looks just like us it was like crazy oh. to like you know see like this is a person who lived you know maybe like an hour from where most of my family lives up north and maybe never would have met like bumped into him or met or knew who he was until we did that and so I'm just like you know uh, it's still <laughs> it's still like sketchy to do like DNA like sites I totally understand that if you yeah. have relatives who've committed murders we can find you now uh <laughs> you know like yeah, the, um the uh who is it um the California one the killer he got caught because of DNA Oh, oh wow. The one that's a cop? Yeah, the one who's a cop. Um, yeah, it was like half because of the, one of those DNA tests, but the, most of it was Michelle McNamara, who was a, yeah. a couch sleuth um, who was very successful in, in finding him. Yeah, but talking yeah. about doing work that'll drain you, like she she didn't even get to finish her yeah. work. Right. She, mm -hmm. Yeah. It was... She was the... Um, woman that was married to Patton Oswalt. Oswalt. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. She died like, like died right um, before they, yeah. they found him. Um, I've never done the, the ancestry thing. I, I've told this story on the on the show before. You know, I'm a twin, um, but uh, I was severely underweight for, uh, mm. from my, uh, my, my, my twin sister. Uh, she came out, she was like eight pounds something, and I was like a little over two pounds. And that's because, you know, when we were in the womb, she had tied my mom to 
umbilical cord around my neck. She didn't want me to eat. So, you know, so when I think about going back in time, I get, you know, I start thinking about feeling like an umbilical cord around my neck. So I don't go into my past. But what I... um, Butterfly effect. The story that y'all were talking about actually reminded me. um, There's this comic book series. I I wish Randy was back here because he knows it very well. It's called Johnny's Bastards. Mm -hmm. And it's about this kind of like James Bond type character who, um, you know, you know, James Bond, he's going around being James Bond all over the world, you know, James Bond does. And he finds out that all these illegitimate kids of this James Bond character find out about mm. one another and now they they plot to kill their 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 secret agent father um <laughs> and actually it's actually a fun comic book series it's actually that real dope. yeah it, yeah but i think they found out about each other like, oh oh hit your button Randy was missing, and Len was like, I'm going to just do what he did. <laughs> like, yeah, don't worry, I'm going to steal that spot. <laughs> this, okay. this is my bad. I hit the button. I hit the button. All right. See? See, I started feeling that cord. I got triggered. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're back here. We're back here. Um, oh, he had it again. Oh, no, he did it again. Mr. Yeah. Mute, part two. Maybe some getting Cobra. I don't think he's paying attention at all. He ain't listening. He ain't no. talking. I don't know. You just, yeah. You're mad. Push the button again. Hit the button. It's not the button. It's the button. It's the button, Clay. Maybe it's the jack. Maybe it's the ear yeah. jack. I'm, take it out. Put it back in. Plug it yeah. out, plug it back in. Turn no, it off and turn not it, it off. It ain't the ear jack. Oh, Restart it. Know. Hit the light switch. It's dark. Get your uh, Wi-Fi router. Get your Wi-Fi router. We're going to talk, gonna talk amongst ourselves while he get that worked out. We're just going to sit here and bust it up. Word. We're going to talk about the future and race relations <laughs> until the world is all mixed one day. <laughs> all right, now it's There it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, hey. Hey, oh, no. Yes, possibly, maybe. I don't know. Wistful thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was fun. Um, <laughs> that was crazy. All right. So, as I was saying, the demystifying, demystifying diversity podcast uh, available everywhere that podcasts be, ladies and gentlemen. Darylise Lyons is the podcast host, and she is here to talk to about her podcast. But she is also here. <laughs> to join the Triple Nation. That's Ooh, where yeah. I was getting to. That is what I was getting to. Which means that, Dara Lease, you will join all of the fans and our guests of Triple Black Tribbles by adorning yourself with your own Triple designation that speaks to where your geek lies. Now, we didn't really touch on it, but would you self-identify yourself as a geek, Dara Lease? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I grew up basically keeping myself entertained by reading books for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, I can, I, I can geek out clearly. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. Now, what would you say is where your true geek lies? 
I mean, you got a lot of slashes to work with. We didn't even touch on the yoga. Yeah, no, we didn't. But I, I would say, so probably either in like learning or reading, I'm a consumer of information. I love like getting as much information as possible. Um, and, uh, I, I was definitely like I, in college, I did not have the typical college experience where most people go and party. Like I went and I like took every class I possibly could. I was so, <laughs> so definitely like something about kind of devouring information and, and trying to know as much as possible and learn as much as possible. All right. <laughs> I thought there was a message in your shirt. Or something. What, what I don't know. Going? <laughs> no, my, 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 my microphone is, is acting up again. Um, I got you. So I had to switch to the internal mic for a second. So, with all of that in mind, uh, Daryl, least what is going to be your triple donation? You started off the show. You said you maybe had one, but I don't know if maybe over the course of time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right yeah well that i think that was based on gabe's uh incredible knitting skills but uh yeah so i i guess i would say um probably the the uh the voracious tribble voracious i'm a voracious reader i'm a voracious eater i'm a very i just do a lot of things voraciously so i would be the voracious triple okay so i'm cu- I'm curious when you set for a day uh, when you sit down for a night of voracious what are you reading and what are you eating okay so i my like go-to food is probably steak like and i can mm. have like many a steak in an evening like <laughs> wow so, so definitely a like, uh, steak and what I would be reading so right right now I'm reading uh, like transcripts and stuff because I'm doing writing work for for the podcast so I feel like that's not really um, fair but like if I were to be reading uh, for pleasure what would I be reading I would probably be reading now um, like I'm, I'm pretty geek I, I, I geek out over self-help books so I'd probably be reading like some self-help book at the moment um, or something like maybe like She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb or something by Zora Neale Hurston because I really love um, mm. yeah okay all right, cool. Cool. You had me at steak, so it's all good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know. <laughs> I have a poor game. Okay, hey. I, I, I'll get a I'll get a fake steak just for you, and I'll eat it on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I'll. Cool. <laughs> no. All that imitation <laughs> ham, babe's good. Yeah, you eat all you want. <laughs> I'll garnish it with vegetables at least. Yeah, there you, you know? go. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be an impossible steak. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, so the voracious triple, I like that, but it is not official. Not until you take the triple oath of allegiance. And to lead you in said oath of allegiance, we have the originator, the creator of the triple oath of allegiance, one of the original black triples, Emac, the master triple himself, Mr. Thursday. Right? In the building. All right. 
at your leisure, at your pleasure, at your disposal. So all you have to do is repeat after me. I am a triple furry. I am a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Welcome to the nation. Welcome the nation. Stand and be counted. Welcome to the nation. With your ID badge, you are now full legal member. We don't have taxes, but you know, donations are as well. Woo! I love it. <laughs> Woo! That's sweet. That is sweet. Loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, Dara Lease, I, I, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on and, 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 and speak holla with us. This was, yeah, holla, I had a trouble. Holla, 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 holla. holla. <laughs> Thanks so much. This was so, like, fun and uplifting and informative. And uh, this was great. So thank you all so much for having me. Oh, it's well, my pleasure. Well, you're welcome. And, and and if nothing else, we've given Gabe another title. She is officially listed as Gabe the CNN reporter. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's coming. She's going for Abby Phillips and Dana Bash's job. So look and out. Your hair, your hair changed in the course oh, of yeah. that. I feel like when you went into reporter mode, you were like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the scene, ready. <laughs> on the scene exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly all right all right this is this is real dope um before we get out of here though i have a, a little video that i want to play for everybody randy had to step out uh of the show for a, a little bit but he was able to get me the uh sagamore spirit ad that he is in so without uh, any further ado, let's check out this ad. Let's see if we can spot Randy in the Sagamore Spirit ad that is running. Uh, so let's roll that beautiful footage right now. Come on. Soon as you hit the playback, we about to ignite every one of them haystacks. If you ain't ready, fool, you should make tracks. It's the beat rock, no time to fake jack. Get that heart yellow, we gon' make it harsh fellow. Cowards get roasted in the fire like marshmallows on the shark in the shallowest part of the water where you thought it was safe, but there ain't no escape. Let's rise. Get your whole house burnt down to a crisp. Let me give you all the rundown. It ain't never been a cause for me to turn down. So get ready when you hear we about to come round. Now, feel the rhythm in your backbone. You ain't shaking what you coming in the track for. Act bold like you want to party when the track on. I'm going to give it to you. Hold problem in the track bowl. A sip of the rye. Sweet. I don't even like this kid. I'm about to get a bottle. Yeah. Whoa. So 
cool. There's a star in the story right there. Oh, Look at right that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest experience, man. It was, it was dope. It was so much fun. And, you know, this we did this a couple months ago. So we're all, you know, masked up the whole time and, until we performed. And then we were masked up again. And um, But it was the first time I had seen the band since I think we did that in July. Some, I forget. Um, but it was the first time I had seen them since February. And, like, it was just, it was just, it was a good time to see everybody. And, you know, we've seen each other since and shot some, shot some new stuff and whatever. But. That was the first time, and it was it was buckets of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. That was dope, dog. I didn't want to run on you. Yeah, that was sick. Hey, it's that weird. Was... It's weird. Like, right, the, I, a superstar now. Nah. <laughs> yeah, right. Superstar. Yeah, superstar lifestyle right here. This is it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's but it, well, it has thing. been cool. It has been cool, like people reaching out, being like, "Yo, I saw the commercial. Like, congratulations! Like that. That's for me. That's that's made me very happy. I, I just appreciate that. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I I was really. I was like, maybe this will be the first thing I drink. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm in the commercial for it. But you know, test the product. Just cast a check, bro. That's what Just you cast do. Cast a check, yeah. bro. Right, let's say music videos always look like fun. Like it always makes me just want to like have a party. We've had a lot of fun doing them. Um, the the ride with you video is almost at two million, which is a weird thing to think. Like what? Let's go. But I mean, fingers crossed, dude. Oh, that's beautiful, man. That was dope. Amazing. That was that yeah. was so good. Thank you for sharing that with us, man. Thank really. you. Really. And you were so modest about it too. Like at the beginning, do you all remember? He was like, "Oh yeah, like I was doing a little, yeah, little, little thing, there. yeah." That's yeah, <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just spit a whole I couple mean, of verses. That's fine. Seventy percent, my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to stay humble. That, that that's that is a that's one of the things that my grandmother told me that years and years ago. She said, "No matter what you do, stay humble." And I was like, I was maybe twelve. I was like, "Why is she?" <laughs> I was like, Does "My grandmother think I'm a dick? Am I too arrogant for my own grandmother?" <laughs> stay humble, young man. I was like, "Okie dokie." <laughs> I found out later that she told all of us that, you know, she had yeah, eventually it's bows all that that was into all of her grandkids. But I was like, what did I do? I'm, <laughs> all right, I need a brother. I was high on the hog right now. Yeah, yeah right. Anything else? <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, we're we're really excited about it. Well, congratulations, and share our congratulations to all the rest of Gangsta Grads. Uh, it's really good. I man. shall. We Very actually got to talk to you about some stuff, Lynn. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, feel free. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to uh, get out of here for the evening. Um, but if you want to get in business with this young lady right here, Daryllise Lyons, ladies and gentlemen, she is a dope lady. You can check her out at Daryllise Lyons on Twitter, and she all. So go to DaryLeesLions.com. You can get involved 
with her. She, she's got a slash where you can get in. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got you covered. I don't really know. We didn't even, we didn't even touch on yoga. We didn't touch on transformational storytelling. There's so much more, you know, and, and, and don't, and don't get it. You know, I know, I know what Daryl Lisa's doing. This is just her plotting. She's like, well, I've got to come back. I've got to come okay. back now. The, 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 she, she's already fighting part two. So I know how this happened. I know Here's, how this works. I, I lied. I'm going to say I have a stomach ache now and I got to go. And then maybe y'all will invite me back later. I'm like, yeah, she didn't finish. So we have to have her all back. Most definitely. Most definitely we'll have her back. And if you want to get involved with Gabe, and if you can't find her on CNN, ladies and gentlemen, Whoa. you can find her on her own podcast, The Ghouls Next Door at Ghouls Next Door. We're also available everywhere you find podcasts, including YouTube. Check her out on there as well. Um, please also, do. Uh, I am audio editing for a really cool podcast called Black Women Are Scary, which are uh, audio dramas. They're like, you know, uh, performed stories, short stories written by people of color, um, usually women. And so I'm doing the audio design for. Uh, I've done one for, I think it was episode two, and now I'm doing one for episode five, which will drop on December 5th. So, tune into it. Black and okay. scary. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm with it's it. super fun. It's pretty dope. Pretty dope. So, we are going to have to talk later because we can stories you know what we need stories for we've got a lot of content we've got to fill coming up um so uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely be talking about that um and if you want to get your comic book uh jones on ladies and gentlemen please go to amalgam comics and coffee house at amalgam philly the first comic book shop on, on the east coast owned and operated by our black black woman our very own ariel johnson the amalgam triple so uh, please go check them out. Go Also go to amalgamphilly.com because their whole inventory is right there for your buying pleasure as well. Buy some books. Buy some books. Also yeah, check out season. The Infinity Equation everywhere you find podcasts, including on Fridays right here on YouTube where the dark joker Zen Triple Dante gets it in with his whole squad talking about action figures, movies, TV. They get geeky all night long. And our first lady of Triple Kennedy is always hosting the Away Team and the Women of Work 2 podcast. She's, she's, she's the one that's got a thousand podcasts. And you can find them everywhere that you find podcasts as well, ladies and gentlemen. If you're liking and enjoying the, the Black Tribbles, like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube at Black Tribbles, and email us at Black Tribbles dot uh black triples at gmail.com and you can always go to black triples.com philly's number one geek radio show and podcast hit swag and buy some of our cool swag by way of t public that helps us keep this show free for you okie dokie all right enough of the plugs <laughs> i got catch my breath I, 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 I'm not allowed to, contractually, I'm not allowed to mention the Michelle Mission on Black Triples anymore, so I don't, I, I don't mention it anymore because I don't feel like getting the stink eye from all you guys. So no, you good. Let not it go. for me, girl. We good with it. Go. go don't ahead. worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> for the Super Saiyan Tribble, for the Hard Tribble, for the Super Tribble, for the Master Tribble, and for the new Voracious Tribble. This is the Bat Tribble. In parting, ladies and gentlemen, we say please be safe and hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. We are getting out.